isn't very tactful. He blames the publisher. <laughs> uh, George Barclay has written a very good book on grief. I'm now rereading. He's represented by the very good agent, Russell Volcanic. This fellow has written, but I don't think he uses these mythical agents. <laughs> Tom uses a very good agent, but modesty restrains me from disclosing <laughs> uh, I had a letter from a bookseller saying he ordered 11 copies of Middleman. That pleased me very much. I wrote him back to thank him. I said, why 11 rather than 10? He said, oh, I never ordered 10. The computers would send me 100. <laughs> uh, my publisher sent a copy to a sort of semi-bookstore, semi-stationary uh, store in Mount Kisco, the town joining where I live. They gave him a copy to try to persuade him to order some copies. I ran into him, and he told me he'd given, he, he'd given this copy to Cass Canfield. Then I ran to Cass Canfield and said, well, I understand you got given a copy. Given a copy? I got the copy with a bill. <laughs> <laughs> There are two under-editors of a big publishing house. They decided they wanted the middleman. They discovered the middleman cost $6.95. They found a bad novel that cost $6.95. And they went and exchanged each of them together, the novel for the middleman. But unfortunately, the publisher, two days previously, he'd ordered six copies of this novel. He sold one. He returned the funds. <laughs> then he had, then the proprietor discovered two more, which he returned. Then the publisher of the computers couldn't figure out they had delivered uh, six, and here they got back seven. <laughs> uh, the fellow got caught, and he said, well, I thought I was helping the industry. I was getting this bad novel, greater distribution, I had to get books to bookstores to be sold, and I was helping my education by reading the middle man. Well, all right, does that answer your question? I think it does. Terrifyingly. <laughs> well, uh, one thing that I'm very interested uh, in talking about, Paul, is, uh, and all, I hope we'll all join in, is uh, uh, how you think the role of the agent has changed, or if it has, over the last uh, 20 or 30 years uh, of uh, our business. Well, it's one obvious change that uh, when I started in this business, it was primarily a magazine business. Mm -hmm. uh, today, the magazines have just been going down and down. We have the latest casualties. Look, uh, specialized magazines are doing well, but the general magazines uh, are becoming fewer and fewer. So, I think it's a less, to me, a less attractive business. Uh, we auction off books, but I don't like to auction. Uh, you have to. Uh, you have to, George, to get the top price. You cannot determine.
about his very fine book and memoir. No agent could determine that he would not come with an offer. He made a lot of money on it. He wasn't paid a lot of money for it. It all got back. different from the kind of auction that uh, you go to down here at University Place. Uh, I'm sure everybody's aware that, that uh, there is a bid, another bid, and people don't keep on bidding. But, uh, the book that Paul mentions, Dean Adjunct. It wasn't my book, I might say. No. I, it was uh, a very good book. Uh, we paid three times what the second highest bid was, but we didn't know what the second Well, I had an auction. I can't mention the book or the author's name or even the publisher. Uh, oh, this is an idea for a book. We offered it to 14 houses. I don't think, uh, I'm pretty sure one of them was not Norton. I'm pretty sure one of them was not uh, Morrow, my own publisher. 13 would pay nothing. 14 offered $60,000. So scared they wouldn't get it. They waited 10 minutes before the, before the time we get. Uh, I was so lucky I included that publisher. Uh, but to have gotten the 60, it would have taken me two years before I got down to it. I might say it's a, it's a very, that's a very flourish. But the 60,000 bridge is good for it. Well, there you are. <laughs> I might say I thought, and that is pretty stupid invention, I won't Ralph, do you, do you find uh, that in your dealing with agents uh, there have been any significant changes? Uh, uh, Ralph doesn't deal with agents. I mean, well, he deals with well. books that you're yeah. both public. Our book fact, club yeah. doesn't, doesn't uh, have anything to do with agents at all. Uh, whether we are <coughs> fortunate or unfortunate in that, Paul, I don't know. Well, it has a little because we made deals, we made two different deals with you, and you pay us keep the money, you pay half to us and half to the publisher, just to keep the money from piling up with the publisher, with the publisher. But, uh, well, I did not know about that. Uh, well, well, this would be the financial people yeah. that do it. Oh, by all means, I should sure. have said so, yes. I, this I don't is know whether the panel can ask that. Yes. May I ask you this on this auction? First, I read about it. I'm going to very strongly argue. In the middle man, I tell of my father often uh, auctioning off Mussolini's autobiography. No, it was not started by any one person. Well, I'm saying that this is my, my understanding. I'm not saying I'm right. Yeah. But this, this applies, does it not, only to maybe a half a dozen books in a period of public confusion? You're not suggesting you do this with all of your books, are you? Uh, some agents are doing it with a great many. Now, the publishers could speak better on that than I can. But always many more than six books a year that are auctioned. Isn't that true? Oh, yes, many more. Well, say, 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 that's a fairly tense goal. Well, it's growing it all the time. There are more and more all the time. Well, I wish I'd known. I would have got more money than you. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps if you can come out with less than an <laughs> uh, You can come out with less, especially if the book needs work on it. Because the auction, the man, he doesn't know what he ought to revise. He's got a bid on what 
to whether it's outline or outline in two chapters, you've got to bid on that. Isn't that true? That's right. And where we have a book, we think maybe very exciting, but uh, we know it needs editorial help. We exactly dread putting up books. There you can get do much work, much rather than we we with two or three big books gone and gotten in preemptive bid, uh, rather than putting up rocks. I much prefer that. Well, now go ahead. I know what, that's what, your uh, what, what do you well, mean by a preemptive bid? Are more, 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 more common things in publishing than it is now? In other words, will it go through, let's say, a good number of properties, a great number of properties? I think it's going to a pretty large number now. Oh, yes, I think it has, too. And it's, uh, in, uh, for years, it's, uh, practically any college textbook has been, in effect, a bidder situation. Uh, I think that the term auction doesn't fit it because for the reason that you don't know what the other people are bidding. But they're almost, uh, it's going a little bit the other way in textbooks, but there was a while when uh, any uh, junior in, uh, instructor could walk out on the campus and hold up his hand and say, I think I might write a book about something. And he had three contracts offered to him before he got his hand down. A little harder now, but there any uh, possible college textbook has a lot of bidding. It's a bidding situation always, and it's more and more bidding in, in uh, trade books. Yes, I think more I and more every every month. Does this apply equally to novels and uh, to yeah. nonfiction? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes uh, what are situations where you may end up for the best price? Well, you don't have to take the top offer, but as a practical matter, it's very hard to go to the author and say, take that, this is a better publisher, a better publisher for you. Uh, no, someone was asking about the preemptive bid. There you go to a publisher and say, now, we may have to put this book up for auction. But if you want to put, make an offer blank sound, not going to be quoted to other people, except the decline. And you can use any figure you want, 100,000, 50,000, up. And we have done that. And so the all, I mean, there are a whole mass of other agents. I'm just, a, uh, and that I much prefer to purchasing the auction. But I think where the auction loses is, and this is perhaps more in fiction than in nonfiction, where really a lot of work should be done to get the book just as saleable as possible. Well, we're very interested in, uh, yes, Larry, you have a question? Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I do think Very difficult to do. You know, how to manage to make the two cards with the Xerox that you can't possibly. This book, when I tell the fellow, 
that the prices are uh, getting, as I've heard some people say, almost out of uh, proportion in the, for books like uh, the one which we've been reading about in the newspapers the last few weeks? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, from my point of view, I don't object to how much they get out of proportion. Publishers <laughs> uh, are doing all right. And uh, remember, they can't possibly object to this because they all do it to the paperback. Uh, it's fair for them to do it to the paperback. It's fair for the agent to do it to them. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It would be fair for authors to do it to the agent. I think so. 
don't remember actually, maybe two pages. No, no. Sometimes an outline of a page will show it, sometimes you need a very detailed outline. Do you think agents can do anything about the decline in fiction uh, form? Uh, uh, or are they just simply the, the victims of the whole economic, uh, not victims, I mean, they have to go with the economic uh, trend of uh, the public well, I'm not sure that there's been a decline. And I don't think the figures have come out. Maybe uh, these publishers would know, but I think as many novels were published in 71 as were in 70 or 69. You know, that many? I think but more in the, in the availability. Yeah. But I think the uh, I think what has happened, Tom, in, in fiction, and, uh, and this has been going on for 25 years or more since the paperbacks grew. Whole class of uh, well, more than one class, several classes of fiction uh, that are simply being crowded out off the, uh, of the market. It's not, and it's not just the paperbacks. It's now, uh, as far as you can't get a review, uh, let alone sell a square novel. Uh, the New York Times. Never reviews a square novel, and reviews very few novels anyhow. Reviews very few books anyhow. Uh, and uh, the you can't a square novel can't be sold in paperback. There are always exceptions. Every now and then you can slip one past Ralph's guard, and the judges like it, and, uh, <laughs> it, uh, and the book club takes it. But uh, and then it, it has a chance, but. Otherwise, a, a novel has to be quirky. Mm -hmm. yeah. Could you give us another word for a square novel? <laughs> well, uh, one that isn't uh, isn't uh, the Well, let, let's say uh, let's say if if John Mark wanted to write him today, I don't think he'd sell. In other words, a square novel is a novel. Well, it's not, it's not just that. It's uh, uh, a novel that sells mostly, mostly. To sell the paperbacks, it's got to have a lot of violent sex. Yeah. Or a big sale in hardback. Yeah. Yeah. Ralph, would you like to comment yeah. on that? Pretty much. On a fiction? Unless it has a big sale in hardback. Yeah, which it generally doesn't. Sure, I really agree with George. I think with a lot of publishers, I agree with him as far as Norton's concerned. I admire Norton, but 
I think the, you know, the books are the big advance. The publisher treats as a major book to start. But if he doesn't start to catch on, uh, he drops it like a hot cake. But I, I know, I think he, uh, he stimulates the publicity people. He says, here, we've got to do something about this. I, I think he does do more, or a lot of publishers do. But you can't do very much about, as far as publicity is concerned, if you, it turns out your author is get him on a minor TV show, he turns out to be a sick, and uh, so you can't get him on the big ones, uh, no matter how much you spend in the book. Well, the book, that way, doesn't know me. I get one book for him without any advance. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were a very noble fellow. <laughs> <laughs> one in a million. Well, I didn't want to get another tax bracket. <laughs> well, I was asking... We can uh, always keep your authors out of tax brackets. <laughs> I was asking Ralph here if he would comment on the, the relation between fiction and nonfiction, because the Book of the Month Club is, a, I think, a leader in the literary world and taste and formation and so forth. And uh, perhaps he'd want to make a comment on that. Someone, someone said that if a John Marquand novel were published today, it wouldn't sell. If a good John Marquand <laughs> novel were published today, he wrote many poor ones. Another uh, late George Ackley came along. I it would sell as well as any book, uh, as well as any Marquand novel would have ever sold it anyway. In fact, perhaps even better because of the rarity of that kind of thing. Uh, why is there such confusion over what a square novel is? Well, I, I don't agree with George on that. Uh, I'll tell you what an unsquare novel is. Oh, would you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, we all know what a square novel is, what George meant by a square novel, don't we? Without incest, A. Eliminates most of them, not like the Norton novels. <laughs> <laughs> and without X and Y and Z. That's what it amounts to, isn't it, George? Well, we, we have one novel, Ralph, that I can't understand. It may be about incest. I'll, I'll look at it again. Please define X, Y, and Z. items of non-fiction than we do fiction. And I suspect, although I don't have the figures in my head, that uh, there has not been a novel in the last five years that sold as well as the best-selling non-fiction that we've done, I think. That's in terms of acceptance by the members, or rather... In terms of acceptance by the members. Notices that they don't want the, the which is more back on fiction. I think we get much lower acceptance on the whole on fiction than we do on non-fiction. But the, the variations are not very great. As a matter of fact, we have
have just distributed the new old Nabokov novel called Glory, which I myself thought would not do well at all. It did as well as almost any item of nonfiction in the, say, six months preceding it. Don't ask me why. <laughs> That's very interesting. Makes no sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a, that's a squarish novel with a few couple of round corners. Yeah. <coughs> Jerry Frank? Is, is it just a square novel, a novel which speaks long, which speaks Well, that's one, one category. <laughs> it may have no love in it at all. Any square novel thing is, is it really a public thing, or is it just the news of the time? Well, I, I don't really know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it isn't a new thing. It's been going on for some time. Uh, I think it's partly... Uh, well, I, I, I really don't know why fiction in general for publishers seems poor. Uh, aside from uh, the book club experience, I think if you look at the bestseller list, that in general, Non-fiction books outsell the fiction books. About two to one. Well, come pretty close to that. There'll be one or two novels a year that'll do very well. In volume of sales. In volume of sales. And the rest very poorly, uh, or comparatively poorly, compared to the non-fiction. I don't know why that is. Uh, it, there's a strong uh, tradition in the country that facts are more important than feelings. And librarians will uh, put out uh, analyses of their turnover in the libraries, and they'll be very pleased that, they, that the circulation of nonfiction has been greater than the circulation of fiction. Now, what they may have circulated is the, uh, the art of conversation, that, uh, uh, to use a great title a few years ago, how to make orange crates out of furniture. <laughs> uh, the, but the libraries are, are very much in favor of that route. And of course, the, uh, Paul would know more about this than I, than I but the, before the magazines went under, they were dropping their fiction fast and, uh, on the theory that their readers didn't want it. And they did market research, which I don't believe in. Now, the Reader's Digest condensed books, uh, they used three out of five or four out of five fiction. Nearly always the one in their survey, surveys, they're not anything, are the fiction. And they used a, a, a lot of square novels. Yeah. Well, one, one subject we haven't touched on that I think Penn is very interested in, and that is the young writer, uh, which we've been talking about. Most of the writers, I'm sure, we, we haven't mentioned any names, but people we've been talking about are pretty established people when they're getting the kind of money we've been discussing. But uh, does, does the agent have any pipeline to new writers? How does he get in touch with young writers and, and, and beginning writers? Well, we uh, mentioned 
manuscript pour in, I think any agent may, we'd much rather have a good first novel than a second rate, third, fourth, or fifth novel. There's always been difficulty with the first book, but primarily because most first books statistically aren't any good. Does an agent have the staff to do much reading uh, like this? I mean, uh, most agents operate under with fairly small staff, don't they? Well, yeah, I, you know, I don't like to sort of, I, I don't like to give commercials to middlemen, but I don't like very much to give commercials to our agency. Uh, yeah, I still do. I used to take home the first 30 or 40 pages of five or six manuscripts that they come over the fence. Mm -hmm. And I might say the quality of, of what the agent gets is much superior to the, the quality of the publisher. Because the very fact that the author's heard of an agent is a little more professional. Oh, that's I'll take home 30 or 40 pages, five or six. Uh, if they interest me and I want to read further, then I go back the next weekend and finish it. If they don't, we send them back. Mm -hmm. And other members of our staff how do many it. How many agents will uh, accept stuff over the fence? Well, I think anyone will if... Any agent will accept <coughs> stuff over the fence? Uh, well, if he reads it and he thinks it's good, yes, sure. But over the fence and the means we don't know what it is. Most no. agents, I would have thought, wouldn't even read stuff that it's not She's a very good agent. But, well, we do. What percentage of books do you publish, George, that are not connected with an agent? Do you have an estimate? Or? Yeah, beginning of the trade books. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thinking it fluctuates uh, very widely. Uh, some seasons, practically every book is the agent. Uh, oddly enough, the fall list that we're about to close now uh, has fewer than 10% of the books are agents. Oh, interesting. Sure, Sure. 
out of 700. Three out of 700 unsolicited. Yes, yes. So you can see that most of the, uh, most of the material that we would buy takes information. Well, there's four from personal contact. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, our fall is, I would think, that uh, it may not be any of them unsolicited. Or, uh, most of them are. They're uh, <coughs> succeeding books by authors some of them are intent-based from the British publishers. Well, the agents never censure, you know. No publisher's going to buy a book because it's an agent who wouldn't buy the rank. Yes, sir. Uh, since there seems to be more than growing age of non-fiction, do you find that more and more ideas are being produced by agents that have been generated for publishers and that the authors I don't think it is either. I, I agree. <laughs> he gives me five or six ideas a year. I didn't year. say I'm they like were good. <laughs> 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 now, you, now you're saving yourself. <laughs> if I could hire a few assistants, I could keep up with them. You know? <laughs> Uh, you can't uh, buy the most imaginative advertising agency because 
Your book in a department store, uh, I mean uh, something other than the top 100 books, selling books. And uh, you may even have a copy of this if you find it, and you get it out and you show it to the person and say, that's fine. Uh, I'm the author of that list. And, uh, or uh, you can't find it, and the person says, I'm the author of that list. And it's pretty clearly it's the author herself. And uh, so what are you going to do with this irate person? I'm not saying you're irate. No. Uh, but then, what are you going to do? The easiest thing to do is to say, I never heard of it. Or we've ordered it and they don't ship it. Uh, and, uh, but this might just be the case because I'm usually a nervous assistant and I wasn't a big assistant. Yeah. The buyer has the same So let me get back. I think we've gotten a little off the track because we do want to talk about uh, the agent. And uh, uh, I'm very interested in this subject that came up about the agent's creative role, because I have seen Paul in this role. And uh, I think it's a very interesting one that not many writers know about, the, how the agent is really the middleman in putting together some very constructive and powerful literary properties. You know? Could you talk about that a little bit, Paul? Or have I already said too uh, I much? Think you may have, <laughs> I think you may have overstated it. Uh, 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 every author wants uh, an idea that you can go and sell for him for a lot of money. And uh, sometimes ideas do occur to you. But are there uh, some writers who depend on the agent for ideas, or is there, and others who don't? Or is, that, is there a 
sort of a difference there. I, I don't think any author depends, depends entirely on the basis for ideas when you ought to have a head examined. I still think that 75 or 90 percent or 99 percent of the ideas come from the authors or uh, there are uh, publishers, uh, more than one publishers will come to us and say, have you got a candidate to do a book on such and such? Mm -hmm. But often the idea is, uh, you know, we got into a moral problem. If somebody says they'd like a biography of so-and-so, we don't consider that that means they've got a you know, monopoly on that. On the other hand, they give you a, a paragraph Describing a book, then it's their book, mm -hmm. and it's wrong to yeah. steal it. Yeah. But you can sometimes get into it. Mm. Uh, but sometimes, I I thought it'd be interesting to get a book on what, uh, how to invest a thousand dollars. The theory that nearly everyone, or every book buyer, could save a thousand dollars. Well, we got the book, and we sold it. So that's another form of persistence. That's in a right. Sense. Yeah, that's right. so passing a book around for seven that's years. Right. Yeah. Well, this is different versions and different ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but this is Malcolm Reed. Yeah. Just believed in this. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think I have had the patience to that Should be done, but that's a practical matter what happens. 
Well, with the big name authors, you know, you always take it out. And uh, you can always, practically always take it out. It's a rare publisher, you know, supposed to be brought to form. Well, one thing we haven't mentioned is movie sales. Uh, would you like to comment on uh, whether they are, uh, I know, I understand they've been down for a while. Uh, is there any sign that Hollywood is coming back as far as movie sales go for fiction or non-fiction? Right.
Well, we've been here an hour, and I should have said in the beginning that uh, perhaps, but uh, that Mr. Reynolds recently had a moderately serious operation. I don't want to tire him. Is there any? Are there any other questions? We have perhaps if there's.